Hey, 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 one love. How are you guys today on this wonderful, beautiful, rainy Wednesday? How are we doing today, people? So did you guys catch the midweek snippet that I posted on Facebook? Listen, I am so intrigued by the mind and the heart. It seems to me that that's what it boils down to. So if you didn't catch the midweek snippet, um, it was just like a two minute video. And I was asking if anyone else find it completely interesting how you can have a deep passion, a interest, a love that is so deep for something. And I called it, I would say a noun because it could be a person, place or thing. However, at some point, it doesn't matter if it's the next day, the next moment, the next year, the next decade, the next century, it's no longer important to you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything to you. <clears throat> now, I find that completely interesting. So when Mari was little and around the time he first really started getting into really, really, like really liking video games, um, I noticed then yeah, I would say that was th that was when it really, really first started like standing out to me the most. He would be frustrated if like the little games on his phone or the games that he had, the ones that he played, he'd be upset if his cousins played or you know used all of his whatever in the game. You know, and I understand working towards something and you don't want your progress destroyed. I get that completely, right? But the thing about it was that I told him he was not allowed to be mean to a permanent person in his life. I Meaning your family is always gonna be your family. This game that you like today, you're not gonna to care too much for next week, next month sometime. You're gonna want the next thing. So it's like, you really, really, really adamant about it now, but pretty soon you're not going to care about this particular thing that means so much to you right now. That was when it really, really, like when I really first telling him about, start telling him about that. So, what got me the other day, again, I'm amazed. Um, although I can I can say like, in my situation, it's, it's not that I don't care at all, absolutely. But I can say that I've been doing pretty good deals. Don't you get off the computer. Dang, get off my book. I can say that I have been, you know, holding up pretty, pretty strong, praise be to Allah. Um, but from there, I started thinking about the mask, like wearing the mask, how we were, were required to wear the mask. And that took me out because I remember the first time I went to the barbershop, I took Mari to get a haircut. Oh, this was after, excuse me, this was after all of the craziness and the, you know, most things were still shut down. And it was like, you had to wear a mask, had to be six feet apart, all this stuff. When I tell you I argue with everybody in there, I argue with everybody in there. You could not tell me that it was not stupid to not wear a mask and that the only reason why we had to wear it was because they said so. But it tell you when you get the mask that it don't prevent nothing. So I'm like, this is stupid. Why do I have to do this anyway? But at this point, I don't care anymore. I most And the crazy thing that tripped me out about it was sometimes I'm the only person in the store wearing a mask. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll put this stupid thing on because, hey, I don't care about arguing about it anymore. Or I take the stupid thing off. I'm like, oh, now we realize that it was stupid to begin with. Like, is that what we're doing now? Either way, I don't care. Just let me know what we're doing. And I will follow because I don't see the point of arguing about it anymore. It doesn't matter to me anymore. And I'm like, 
you know, it's, it's so interesting. And in the same way, um, as I thought about it more and more, what about those instances where you don't like something, you don't see the value in it? Um, I think about the people that I have completely passed over or the people that I've been, uh, uh, I guess, I guess I would say, well, my past relationships have been some pretty decent guys. Like when I really think about it, I'm not dumb enough to be with someone that's absolutely worthless. That's just not me. But it's like, you know, they weren't all that I needed or wanted at the time. So I just let them go easily. Like, okay, that's not going to work. And I feel like I threw away a lot of good people that I didn't even take the time to get to know, you know, the value in them. And so then I also think about, you know, in like even when I think about relationships, you have been overlooked and you have overlooked people, I'm sure. So it goes both ways. You may not always see the value in the beginning. And it doesn't matter what it is. It's like people who invest in things. Sometimes the you, you don't think that it's worth it until later on you find out that that thing has grown beyond what you ever thought that it would. And it's more valuable, but you couldn't see it in the beginning. And that's kind of like what I'm saying. It's like, it's so amazing to me. And what it tells me overall is that just like those situations that can change our emotions always change so we can't make decisions based on our emotions and nine times out of ten i think that's what we do and those emotions are general genuinely um most of the time i'll say they're generally based on a preconceived desire perceived need or want and the fact that that desire, need, or want is actually not the case, there's nothing of solid foundation that is based on this so it can stand, you know? So when the script flips or when the time comes, it's no longer important, no longer irrelevant or vice versa, then you see what it really is. And I think that's completely amazing. Like, is it just me? Or like, I'm intrigued by how we think and the things that we do so praise be to Allah thank God that you know I used to be governed by my when I tell you I was controlled by my emotions I was controlled by them I don't think I've told anybody this but I remember being in school in elementary school and I would be okay for one minute fine happy just sitting there and then the next minute I don't want to be there don't talk to me like I don't want to be bothered and I was a quiet student so I didn't say anything to anybody no one knew exactly how I felt inside but I was done with everything like I I would be angry sometimes sometimes I would could just be sad and then it got to the point where even when I was working at Walmart I remember this the second time um I remember being at Walmart and I would be happy to do my work I'm getting I'm in my groove I'm doing my thing Nothing changed with that. And all of a sudden, I don't want to do it no more. And I remember at that point when I was older, at that this particular day, I remember I was so over it. I was just done. And I'm like, I know it's going to pass. All I got to do is get through it. And then I'm like, you remember when you was in elementary school and you didn't like, like you could be fine to be there one morning, the next minute. You don't want to be there no more. You don't like nothing, although you love learning. And I'm like, oh, my emotions change. I know I'm not going to feel this way forever. So all I got to do is keep doing what I'm doing and just let it be. It's going to roll off. And it did. And it's like, as I got older, I learned not to give into them. But when I was younger, how I felt was how I was. 
if you were around me, that was what you got. And when I look out into society, I see the same thing. And it's like, especially the thing is like relationships is the thing that I think that we can relate to this the most in because we have done some of the most ridiculous things because we felt some type of way with the person that we were with. I have done it myself. When I listen, when I tell you <laughs> to be in like to, to be so attached to someone that they can break you by their emotions, I mean, by, by their actions, they can break your emotions, they can break you mentally to the point where you do things that are outside of who you originally are. My roommate and I, Shantae, we was talking to yesterday, was, she was talking to me about her opinion on relationships where if if she was like, well, if he cheat on you, why not just break up with him instead of cheating on him back? And I'm like, I totally agree with that. But I also understand that sometimes, like, doesn't that show you that you got to really, really, really want to be with somebody? If you will do any and everything just to stay with them like if you gotta go out and cheat on them just to save yourself you know to give yourself something to hang on to so that you're not crumbled under how you feel they're treating you you gotta do something outside of yourself just to be with this person because you don't want to leave them alone at first i didn't really understand i'm like yo that's crazy now i i'm kind of intrigued because i'm like what is it that that you can't let go of is it that you love them? If so, what do you love about them? Because I've never had, I've never believed that you can love something and not know why. I feel like in order to have a love for something, there is a reason why. Otherwise, you you don't love it. Because I don't I don't think that's something that comes from nothing. It doesn't come from nothing. You know, like if I don't know you, chances are I don't love you. Because I don't know anything about you. How what what do I love if I don't know what there is to love? So I'm intrigued, honestly when I encounter this, because again, these people, I mean, you will end up doing anything. Just like, just like the women who may general, genuinely, what if they don't like wearing makeup? What if they don't care about, um, being pleasing to someone else yet? This one person's opinion that does mean enough to them to whether go do something that it probably otherwise wouldn't do just to please them. And no one sees anything wrong with that. In my opinion, I feel like you should be able to be you and accept you for who you are. Now, my original point was how things change, which this still kind of go to that because you end up changing who you are in order to be with someone or because I feel like to change who you are is very, it's, it's a loser concept. I feel like whether you go from, if you, when anytime you go from doing what you originally would in order to please someone else, I feel like you've changed who you are. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I'm good with change. I love change. I believe in growth and development, but I believe in healthy change. If you have, I feel that if you have stopped or begun to do something that you otherwise wouldn't have done, I don't consider that healthy change. Now, uh, take that back. It depends on what it is. It's so, it's so deep for me. Like it depends on what it is. If you otherwise wouldn't have stopped uh, being mean to people until you encounter someone that you care enough about to want to be nice to them and then teach you how to be nice to other people, that's a beautiful thing. That's growth. What I don't consider growth is if the action is only to please an opinion. If it does nothing to better you as a person, I don't see that as growth. 
I don't necessarily see anything that enhances your physical body as growth. I don't necessarily see that. Um, on the outside. Okay, I take the all right. So let me. It's it's like if unless it's if if the only reason why you're doing it is for cosmetic reasons, then I don't think that's growth. I do think that being more healthy is a it has something to do with growth because you can't give what you don't have, right? I wish the world would have a full unconditional understanding of love. And I believe that you can't give that unless you love yourself. And to want to be healthy is to show signs that you love yourself. So you may not be um, cosmetically fit for the camera or the spotlight, according to most people's standards. But in my opinion, if you have changed your diet, you start drinking more water, you exercise, and it makes you feel good about who you are and why you're doing your things, and they give you a better quality of life, I'm with that 100%. Because I don't believe that these lives are given to us to cause us discomfort. And when we make wise decisions, it can help us to have a better quality quality of life by living healthy. And nine times out of 10, when you are healthy, you tend to be nicer to people because you're in less pain for the most part. Now, I wish that we could all reach a healthy mental as well as emotional and spiritual place where we can have that unconditional love for ourselves that spreads out to the world. It is my journey to help us find it. That is what One Love is about. That is what Heavenly Hands is about. That is what Holistic World on Relievers is about. It's not about doing it one way because someone else said it, but finding you and understanding who you are. Another thing that really, that really um, stood out to me today, I saw a Facebook post about the guy that cheated on his wife. That guy, can't remember his name. Jackson, I think. J-A-X-S-N. J-A-X-N, I think. Um, I don't know too much about him. I've seen a few of his videos and I agree with some of his content um don't get me wrong i i don't think he said anything particularly wrong um from what i've seen and which i've only seen a few of them i only think i've seen whole videos for, for real but i do know that he tend to be a guy that talk about telling women that they're worth this and that you know positive things so the post that i saw today was talking about his wife and how he cheated on her and that her look was a reflection of him now, the one picture that I saw of her, I didn't see anything wrong. I like her pinched. Oh, I liked it. I liked her pantsuit. I would have rocked it. If it was me in that pantsuit, and I don't know if that's the picture again that there is, everyone is talking about, but if that was me, it wouldn't be nothing you could tell me otherwise because I thought it was beautiful. I liked it. I like pantsuits anyway. That's mm, I wanted to get married in a pantsuit. I ain't lying. But that's my thing. But I feel like this. And my comment on the post was, what exactly are you referring to that's a reflection of him if it was a picture of her uh you know if it was her showing her broken her emotions you know she heartbroken by what he'd done to her yes that's a reflection of him because he did it someone said they spoke on the fact that she didn't have on makeup i think or something like that but what if she didn't want to wear makeup that day what if that's not what she wanted to do how is that a reflection of him? More so, 
Why can't we respect people's decisions for what they choose to do or put on their own body? How is it that someone says, this is what you're supposed to do every day and we all fall in line and feel that we don't shape up to it enough so that we feel that, oh yeah, you had a right to cheat on me. Or, oh yeah, you had a right to say this about me. Why is that? I, I don't understand that at all. And I don't agree with it. Cause I feel like whatever the lady wore physically, like on her body, ain't gonna do with you. And if she came out to say something and you more paid attention to what she's wearing or what type of makeup she have on, if she's wearing makeup, you didn't listen to a word this lady had to say. And that's that's my that's my that's what I'm wondering. All these people that are saying he was wrong this, he was wrong that. You know, you saying something about her, are you listening to her? Because it don't sound like you are. It don't sound like he did. It sounds like everyone's still looking at this picture and I feel like they're just as wrong as him, in my opinion. If you're gonna point the blame, but you're not gonna do much different, then you're how are you wrong? I mean, how are you right? I'm sorry, I meant how are you right? But again, it's all my opinion. Because like I said, I didn't see nothing wrong. I'm not gonna go looking to find out because I ain't gonna do with their life and it's in their marriage. I don't got nothing to do with that. But I can't come on comment on a couple things that I hear because um yeah, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> you know, when I woke up this morning, the first thing that was on my mind before I could even like really get my thoughts I was thinking about how I can never really answer yes or no to something because I don't fully agree or disagree with anything do you know how frustrating it is to want to comment on something and it's like I don't feel like typing a whole paragraph (laughs) does anybody else have that issue or is it just me being an overthinker over analytical extremely opinionated like it's, it can be daunting at times because it's like sometimes I just want to have a good conversation. Then sometimes I just want to be able to communicate without having to backtrack or explain exactly what I mean or, you know, because it's so, it's like, I just, it's just, I don't know. Sometimes I wish that somebody can just hook their brain up to mind and then we have that type of communication that way. I mean, but do anybody else go through this? I think Siobhan do because she, she, she met her at a, I read one of her posts and she was talking about how it's hard for her brain to turn off. And I'm like, you know, that's so true for me. But you know, if you are a person and it's hard for your brain to turn off, I don't know if you found your solution, but what what has worked for me over the past couple of years is Tinkerbell, Sudoku, coloring, um, and physical labor. Working out sometimes, but it depends on the workout. Dancing, definitely. I love to dance. And I realized that all the things that I love to do, it allow my brain to just not focus on one thing. Um, like when I'm doing Sudoku, it it allows, like I I like to think while I'm thinking. You know what I mean? Um, I, I love to, I love the challenge of finding the, the um, you know, the especially on the hard ones. I love the challenge of finding it, but at the same time, it allows me to think. It's like my brain can be focused on something so that it can think. It's like it, it, if, if I'm like, like say for instance, watching TV put my brain in overdrive. Um, if I'm like watching just regular TV, unless it's something like, again, Tinkerbell or um, for whatever reason, Tinkerbell just calms me. And I feel like I can relate to all of the fairies because I like, like, I could be a fairy. I would probably be a tinker because I like to work with my hands. But I also love animals. 
I like plants. I like gardening. But I think I would probably be a tinker because yeah, I, I like putting stuff together. And like, I mean, yeah, but for whatever reason, when I watch that, it's like I don't have to think about anything else. It's simple and it's calm and it's nothing that I disagree with really. Um, when I watch reality TV, my brain goes into overdrive. It's like, what? You said, what? That didn't even make sense. I'm thinking like, really? Really? Especially when I watch us on reality TV. It drives me crazy. I'm like, look at these queens acting so much less of themselves like why must we do this like don't we know that we're better than this why is this why the, the way that we are portraying ourselves so you know reality tv doesn't work for me and most most tv shows don't however now i've been watching black lightning i like that show i didn't it took me like the, the beginning part of it it um the first season it, it took me a little bit. Um, I mean, I still liked it. But it was um, the acting. It was just the acting. Like, I, I think they did good. Don't get me wrong. But it just seemed like Pierce is so stiff. Like, <laughs> I don't like, what, what in the world? Um, but again, neither here nor there. Now, the one thing that I, I didn't mention when I talked about the people who are in relationships who are willing to do anything to stay with their partner. And again, I'm curious because that seems like a mighty good love. Like, you have to love somebody if you'll do anything to be with them. You have to absolutely love them. Now, I will say this also. In most instances, I don't think that's a healthy love because again, you can't give what you don't have. And if you are willing to lose yourself in order to hold on to someone else, that is completely unhealthy. And I think that what you're looking for that person in that person is something that you should be searching for within yourself. In those instances, I don't think it's healthy at all. And I do feel that I have experienced that in my past, um, especially in my in my marriage. I do think that I put my ex-husband at a higher standard than he should have been in my life. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done a lot of the things that I did. Um, you can't change the past, but you can learn to make better decisions in your present and to avoid a lot of things in your future. So... I'm grateful for those experiences. I think that I've done a very good job at um, not returning to that way of life. That has helped me to maintain a balance. And I, that's, I think that's the key. Balance. Knowing where to draw the line and knowing where you fit on the scale knowing when you know it should be balanced when something should be lowered when something should be raised it all comes from just simply living your life and applying the lessons again from the past to your present 
and headed toward the future. So if we aren't living to learn, what are we living to do? Just live and exist. But yet we're going to complain about the differences, the uncertainties, the dislikes. But if we learn, if we look to learn from all those things, then we don't have to complain about them. We can see that they have a benefit, a purpose, and worth. We apply that and we find the goal. It's just my opinion, but that's something I truly believe in. It makes perfect sense to me. So, what do you think, though? Like, do you think that maybe we shouldn't... Because this was another thought. When I, when I was thinking about the concept of something being so important in the beginning, and then you can eventually let it go, it doesn't mean anything else to you, does that mean that you're not supposed to love, like, or desire something at all? Does it mean that we're too fickle to hang on to anything? Like, what, what, what do you think that it mean do you think that it have a meaning do you think it's just the way humans are um what if what if it's just that we um you know just don't know so at the time and i do think that occurs i do believe that because you can think something or want something there's been times where i'm like okay yeah i like that until i find out more about it. i'm like oh no that's actually not a good idea now i'm not saying that that in those instances that there's something wrong with liking or disliking because there are also times where you want to say oh no no that's not going to work but then you look at him like wow that's a really good idea i'm glad i took time to double check because that would be great for me you know it's just so much involved in that so again i don't think that it's a problem with change but i do think it's interesting how we change and the things that cause the change i think that's more so maybe what i'm intrigued by because what 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 is it that that turns what is it that makes that pivot you know i guess or or as some people call it your break point or your breakthrough like what is it that changes the direction of what you think and and the way that you're headed to go in another direction and i understand that for everybody is something different but it's so intriguing that's why i like talking to people so i can understand how that brain works I don't want nothing more but to communicate with them just to see how their neurons are firing and in what ways and the processes that people have and things that make them tick. I find that completely interesting. Again, that's why we have this. Well, one of the reasons this podcast has many, many purposes. Its goal originally was to encourage, motivate, support the single parent. And I realize that there's so many ways that that need to be done because the aspect of parenting is very, very grand. Like it's broad, it's huge. There's no way that you can parent without touching pretty much every aspect of life. You deal with loneliness, you deal with sickness, you deal with you um, mechanical, like you gotta fix things. You have to have understanding. You got to learn your child. You got to be able to be a teacher. You got to know when to say yes and know when to say no. You have to understand the ins and outs of discipline and then setting the right examples. It's just, it's just so much, so much to it. With my last few minutes, the thing that I would really like to say is, please people, if you listen to this, can we please stop trying to build ourselves based on the definitions, the accolades, the opinions of others in society. Be who you are for who you are. 
Whoever let you go for who you are, they never needed you in the first place. They never deserved you in the first place. And it's okay. And it's the thing. And whether they needed you or deserved you or not, I feel like at the end of the day, that's even that's irrelevant because it doesn't matter. Only thing that matters is that you love you enough to accept you for you. And if everyone did that, I don't think we would have an acceptance problem in the world because you can't give what you don't have. If you can't accept yourself, there's no way that you can accept someone else. There's no way that you can stand firm on your own standards and respect someone else's. But you have to have your own first. This is like, I know how it feel. I know how I feel, should I say. If I say something to someone and I feel like they don't respect my wishes, it pisses me off. It makes me very angry. And that's not an option. So I feel like if you don't respect my wishes, then you don't really care about how you make me feel. So at that point, you have presented yourself as an enemy to me, so I don't see you as a friend. I don't. And that's okay, because everybody's not entitled to be my friend. It's okay if I don't have any friends at all. That's fine with me. As long as I can live at peace with myself. And I think that our issue with society is that we have not begun. We have not tried. We have not learned. And it seems that we don't desire to want to know how to be at peace with ourselves so we can be at peace with our, with you know, everyone else. So we're coming to a close for this segment, you guys. Thank you for joining me. In the next segment, I really want to touch on, I've been watching Soul Divination. Have you guys seen that? It's on Hulu. Um, I watched the first episode and I'm going to give into that, give some of my opinions. I also want to touch bases again on some of the topics that we just expressed. And also, um, I can't remember, what was it? I can't remember when we did. All right. Well, we, we, we'll stop with that. Great day, beautiful people. Oh, wait, I'm not done. I mean, great day, beautiful people. I mean, see you in the next segment. <laughs> love thank you guys for joining me for the second portion of the one love podcast also known as wonderful wednesdays thank you guys for joining me um thank you for sticking in there with me so we can finish out this episode so i have you seen soul of a nation it is on hulu maybe other streams but i've seen it on hulu I just came across it today and I only had a chance to watch one of the episodes that I found to be quite interesting. In the first episode, it started with the cop that one of the cops that was on duty on January 6th when the terrorists, as he called them, which is exactly what I would say they were, um, invaded the Capitol. So from his perspective, he's a African-American cop, 6'7", quite handsome, I must say. Um, he spoke about his experience during that event. And would you believe that the thing that actually affected him was the number of times he was called the N-word that day? Would you believe that? I do. And the person that was having an interview with him, they spoke on how that word have a psychological effect on us. Now, when you think about that, I think about the fact that we have not been allowed or given the time to heal from things like that, from Willie Lynch, from Jim Crow, from the N-word, from slavery, from redlining, from being beaten down in the streets, from all the systematic 
ways that we are affected in this country, we're told to forget. And that to me is the biggest issue. So another part of the ask, um, the episode, they were talking about reparations and how one state have come very close to actually getting reparations for African-Americans. Um, and the lady said that it's a small price considering what we've been through and the fact that it's been years since it was promised. And she was saying that it's, it's supposed to start with $25,000 per person, per household. And, you know, she was talking about where the money could possibly come from and things like that. Now, I'm not really, I don't have much of an opinion on reparations because it seems that, I mean, we definitely could use it. And I don't think that anything that could benefit us should ever be taken away or withheld. I just don't think that um, when you look at it from the aspect of like, it's just, I, I think, I think what doesn't set well with me is expecting it to actually be done just because they said they would. When have they kept their word? You know? So I feel like if we get it, we get it. If we don't, we don't. But that is not going to, that shouldn't be a determining factor. And how we view or value ourselves and what strives we make to continue to move forward toward a better life for ourselves and our families and our future generations. That's just my opinion. Because it would be nice. Don't get me wrong. Oh, it would be very, very nice. It's just that like, it seems like all, and it's just my opinion, but it seemed like to expect it and believe that you'll actually get it would be to to believe what they say, you know, and I just don't. Another good thing um, that they said in the show that I liked was that we have been, even with the reparations, um, we're looking for things that don't apply to us, right? Because I truly believe that. They were talking about how the... Some of the people um, that was on the show was talking about how African-Americans went to war with the Union. They went to World War One, and they went to World War Two, and then they came back and they was faced, you know, with segregation. When fighting for a country that came back and still treated them like crap. But honestly, that happened with, I feel like that happened with the soldiers today, black or white. I don't feel like the government take care of them like they should. I don't feel like it should be soldiers who suffer from PTSD and they just did have to deal with it. I don't think that there should be programs that have to be put together in order to raise funding or get supplies for, you know, the war wounded war veteran or um the one that that take um movies and you know things like that just so that the soldiers can have something when I feel like if this country care for them like they claim they do if they care for them as much as they use them up and uh, cripple their lives when they come back home then they will have something set up in place to help them deal with those things that they now encounter because of this organization but I don't think that's the case so uh, it like it's like it's not right absolutely not it's just that what more would you expect from an enemy like your enemy is your enemy so we can't expect to be treated like we're family when we're not clearly we're not 
So that's like how I feel about the reparations and being treated fairly. And even the whole, as far as the Black Lives Matter, even saying and stating that, when? When did they matter? Since when? Just because you say it, just because you purchase paraphernalia with it. I mean, I'm sorry, not paraphernalia. Just because you purchase um, products with it on it, it doesn't make it any more true. Lord, I can't even say it. I'm trying to say systematically. It doesn't. I see it painted everywhere, but what differences has it made? I haven't seen it and I haven't seen everything. And again, like my sister says, she said, I live under a rock. So I know it's a lot that I don't see, but I feel like until I see this organ- Black Lives Matter organization invest in money in schools and programs and low income neighborhoods and, you know, putting together organizations where African Americans, African Americans and even Native Americans, I think they should definitely get some too. But until you're going to get to put an organization together to help us, you know, to deal with some, I mean, equipped with some of the best counselors, people who understand. Matter of fact, what I recommend they do is hire African-Americans who have been through quite a few things. I feel like I would be a great counselor to help us through that. So, yeah, once I see that happening, then I would feel like, yeah, you believe that Black Lives Matter because you're trying to support the black life so that it can have a life that matters. But until then, I feel like you're just taking people money and you're just saying what people want to hear. But other than that, I'm, I'm a woman of action. I feel like your actions speak louder than your words. So that's just how I feel about the whole thing. All in all, I think it's a great show, though. In the next episode, um, I, don't, I don't even remember what the next episode was about. But in this one, John Legend sung his song, Never Break. And I thought that was a beautiful song. It was my first time hearing it. I don't know how old it is, but that's not new that I don't hear new music. Everyone knows that. <laughs> um, but all in all, I thought it was a was a pretty good show. One lady, they were so they went around. It was four of them sitting, and they was she asked at what moment did they know they were black. And they had some quite interesting moments. So I started thinking, when did I realize that I was black? And I don't think I ever not knew. You know what I mean? When I was younger, I remember me and my brother thinking like, man, white people are so peaceful. I wish I could be white so I could live in peace like them. I remember thinking that. But at that point, obviously I knew I was black. I don't think I ever, I don't recall the time not knowing, seeing, realizing that I that I was black. Like even to like when we went to 4H, I think that's why I've experienced my first bit of racism, like being called the N-word was in Blacksburg and at the 4H. Yeah. But I knew I was black before then. And that's the thing. That's why Miss Faree kept us informed. That's probably why I always knew. Cause we started working with her. I was very young when we, um, let's see. I was in, oh, I was in middle school. I was in middle school when I started tagging along, but my sister, yeah, yeah, she was in high school. 
but yeah, I, I never not knew. What about you? Did you have a moment where you realized that you were black or different, you know, compared to the world and how they see you? I personally didn't, you know, didn't really. I think, I, I mean, I just always knew. <laughs> it, yeah, we had some neighbors that were not black and we played with them. Three little boys. We played with them. We got along just fine. Yeah, just fine. We didn't have any problems. So, yeah. And it's interesting that most of us have, most of us have very um, dramatic experiences of when they realize that they're black. What does that say? Like that says a lot. And I wonder if there are other races like with 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 white people. Do they have a moment when they realize that they're white? Like, is there anything that stands out to them that and you know anything equivalent to our experiences? I wonder. I don't know if they are, and I can't imagine what they could be, but I truly wonder. Doesn't that say a lot about how we're viewed here and about what we're treated like? It's it's, it says a lot to me. I think that that stands out. Um, but again, this is what what we're in is what we're living with so i don't really think that asking them for anything is a part of the solution i feel like the best thing that we can do is work together unite accept ourselves and our issues as well as other people's and their issues have patience understanding and unconditional love for one another me personally pull it off I cannot talk, y'all. Me personally, I feel like that's the answer. I feel like that would be all we need. I could be wrong, but I think that that could be all we need because once we unite and stick together, what can't we do? What can't we accomplish? Now, personally, I'm not fond of taking anything from people that I don't trust. I don't like asking for help anyway. I feel like we don't need anything from them. Yeah, we could use it, but in the process of us getting it, I feel like if we got to jump through hoops, if we got to keep asking, if we got to keep begging, we can put that energy into doing something differently that can pave new roads for ourselves. We don't have to follow the guidelines that they line out saying that, oh, this is what you should get. Like, why would you trust that? When would the person that dislike you give you what you need? We don't need them to tell us that. But again, it's just my opinion. Um... So, this is actually going to be a pretty short episode. We're going to start closing this out here. Um, I do enjoy recording this podcast. It's it was like a like a like a way for me to vent. And again, I don't know how many different people listen. I always I see it always have listeners, but I don't know if it's the same person or not. So, I still don't have any messages. And I, I need to check. I don't know if I got that set up right, too. However, have a wonderful Wednesday. What's left of it? Great day. Beautiful people.